Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Circle, the official podcast for thecosmiccircus.com. I'm Isla Ruby, and I'm so excited to talk with you today. We're going to be talking about our favorite television shows. This is part two of last week. It's our 2023 halftime report, um, and we have some very, very special guests. We have John and, and Anthony. Hey, yo. You got two Texas boys with you. How you feel about that? It's it's an it's an experience, and you you guys have a Philly person, so we'll we'll get through it. <laughs> Before we go any further, there will be spoilers. So if you don't want to spoil some of the most amazing shows for twenty twenty three, stop listening here. Or if you want to know, here we are. Um, so I am actually going, so the purpose of this podcast, we're again, talking about what really moved us, what was really exciting in 2023 so far. It's somehow the end of, um, the end of June, start of July. I can't believe it. So I'm going to start with you, Anthony. So what would you say? I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I know you've been, you know, getting this ready all day. What would you say is your top, um, Let's start with number five, your fifth top show of 2023. Oh, man. I thought I didn't know we were doing them ranked five to one. I thought we were just doing five of them. I have, always I, have, have I just like. Yeah, no, I don't I don't know what to. Well, <laughs> look, we, looking at the way I have it written, you know what? It actually worked out pretty. I think subconsciously I wrote it in my ranking. So starting with the fifth one is going to be Righteous Gemstones. Um, I love Saturday, Sunday night. Like even tonight, my wind down is going to be watching that with my dad, which he refers to as the preacher show. He loves seeing John Goodman. I love Danny McBride. Hilarious as always. And uh, I also like workaholics. So having having Adam in that as well, it, he's just really funny. Um, but now they're on their third season. And Isla, you were in Austin during the TV fest, but you missed the panel because, you know, life happens life happens and, and there's only so much you can do in such a small town so um that is easily my fifth you know I was thinking about you as I missed it and I was like how am I gonna tell Red how am I gonna tell him I did not see this because it's it was the premiere of the third season right mm-hmm. yeah they showed the first the episode. episode or two or you know that was neat nice little thing uh, are we going to the next one? Am I just going to keep going up? Let, let's go kind of... Um, Round circle? Of, yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. So that's five for me, Righteous Gemstones. How about you, John? What was, you know, fifth on your list for the first half of 2023? So I binge watched The uh, Bears season one and two a couple weeks ago. Oh. So my number five is The Bear. Oh, it's um, you know, it's it's one of those shows that's not for everyone because it's kind of chaotic and stressful. Yeah, the way uh, you know, the running is and the performances, but I think it's a very well scripted series. Like it deals with um, overcoming trauma to be great mm-hmm. in in your work environment. And it deals with uh, toxicity in the workplace. Mm-hmm. There was uh, an episode. Um, have y'all watched it yet? Sorry, no. I was muted, but oh, yes, oh, I've no. watched. I've watched both. Yeah, I've I watched both seasons. I haven't watched it, but I feel like a lot of the 
talk online is all about the bear and I feel like I know some of it just from you know everyone talking about it there's an episode it's episode six where it's got a ton of cameos and you would think that that would be a distraction mm-hmm. no kind of like uh you know the way Marvel would do yeah. like service and stuff but it's not everybody it matters and brings their a game that it blends in so like very well uh it's one of the best shows of the year and yeah that's my number five the bear with like that's such from everything i've heard that's such like an amazing show i'm i can't wait to find out what the rest of your shows are if that was the fifth best um and and the bear if you haven't seen it yet it, it's on hulu right it's yeah yeah, it's on hulu. yeah it's and it's, original it's about life All seasons a, yeah and it's uh, life the simple a premise is uh what do you call it carmy who was working fine dining chef takes over a sandwich shop called the original beef of chicago mm-hmm. uh it's it's modeled after an actual shop over there in chicago and uh he just his brother passes away he takes over and it's kind of the shenanigans and picking up the pieces not just in the form of where the restaurant sits but like where everybody in the restaurant is at as well he summed it up very well yeah i'm Thank looking you. i'm looking now at this list of cameos um john that yeah, it's you, loaded like it's, holy crap yeah it's and what's great about it is it's not distracting. Like it feels like great character work. Mm-hmm. They did the homework to make it seem like you know. I think it's like uh, oh, to give away one of them is um, what's her name from Halloween? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's and, Donna, right? She plays the mother. Yeah. Yeah. If she if she gets an Emmy or a, or a Golden Globe, I'm not be shocked. Yeah. yeah, and she's like the—I feel like she's the darling almost of the award shows now, just because she's like such a cool as a human being. Like she's just a cool person. I would say her performance is better than the one she got an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Easily. Ooh. One thing with her is that she's always been active. I mean, ever since she's been on screen, she's done something every decade. Yeah, I think the only woman I can think of that's relative. That, that would be almost like Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I I put them in similar career-wise trajectories. Or, like they just stay busy. Or Meryl Streep. Yeah, yep. that's, that's a good a one too. That's a great call. That's a great call. Yep. Are they? And they're um, all of the same generation too, right? They're all. No, there's a little bit of overlap. You know, some started a little bit before the rest, but they worked. You know, across similar decades: eighties, nineties, early two thousands. And still do stuff, obviously, as a recent. But in regards to the bear in that episode he was talking about, it took episode me three. Six. It took me three attempts to watch it. I had to pause it and continue on because it was that much. And I don't smoke cigarettes, but it made me want to smoke a cigarette that bad. I agree. I'm already coughed and thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So, I guess it's it's up to me now for yeah. for my fifth. And I know this, I think this is on some of your lists too. Um, so as, as I mentioned earlier, I'm from Philadelphia and I'm going to mention Abbott Elementary because I freaking love that show. I am the 
product of Philadelphia public schools. And every time I watch episodes, like I, like there is something that is so true. Like, I think this was actually from season one, but there's like an episode where they talked about the slang of Philadelphia. And I'm like, yep, yep, that's true. But specifically this season. Okay, so they went to a museum in Philadelphia. I don't remember what episode called the Franklin Institute. It was the finale. Yeah, that, yeah, I guess so. Um, If you are from Philadelphia, then you know the Franklin Institute, you know the giant heart, you know, like, everything from that episode. Um, Like, you went there dozens of times. And for me, um, I used to work at the Franklin Institute. I worked there for, like, four years. So, I'm like, as I see that episode, I'm like, yes! Um, So, Abbott Elementary is my number five for this this year mine's higher up but it's on my list too all right um i have not watched the show so i i am missing out (laughs) you are missing out yeah yeah for those who haven't seen it if you like your your workplace comedies like the office parks and rec like that mockumentary style camera work and comedy that's that's your bread and butter right there and it's amazing my mom's a teacher so like that's why i really enjoyed it off the bat like seeing them care like you know seeing Janine really care about the students and really fighting no matter what that's my mom right there and that's where I was able to see it but then also seeing like where you could work in the capacity with you know uh with Barbara also see my mom in that so great characters they made them really realistic so I'll watch the bear and you can watch Abbott Elementary and we'll, we'll just we'll trade and talk about it let's go I'll do the next one all right since I'm already talking I'll put number four on my list um and actually Fred I'm really glad you mentioned mockumentary because jury duty another comedy is number four on my list um and I watched it because everyone else is watching it peer pressure and I really didn't expect much um but it was amazing and if, if you haven't heard of Jury Duty, it was on Freebie, which used to be IMDb TV. It's Amazon's thing. And the premise was, um, like, you have a jury, and they're basically on this, like, documentary-style thing. But in the show, everyone is an actor except one guy, Ron. He doesn't know that everything else is, like, scripted or improv and... You know, everyone is kind of working around him, trying to get him to react, get him to, like, just be. And I think it's 10 episodes. Um, James Marston plays himself, like, a really amped up version of himself, which is very funny because he leans into that, like, jerk actor stereotype. Um, And no matter what happens, and this hopefully isn't too big of a spoiler, but Ron is just, like, this genuine nice person and there's like one character I think his name is is Noah from Jury Duty and he's kind of an interesting guy he's really into like wearables and like trying to freak Ron out and like he's got his wearable pants or I mean wearable pants of course but he's got like this invention with pants that you can like sit on and you don't need a chair chair pants and he's got like a, a bionic note just all these really weird inventions and like ron is just so genuine and just like a, a nice person and i i love jury duty for ron so that's my number four i'm gonna have it's, to check that one out that's one of the funniest things i've watched 
this year, uh, the fear bands. He puts crutches on yep. his, in the back of his pants to make them into fear bands. <laughs> and the idea was like, he said people were waiting around, like, no, there weren't enough chairs. So he's like, one, well, yeah, gonna fix that. It was, it was so, so funny. Good. Um, and it's, yeah, it's actually, it's funny and it's kind of heartwarming. Yeah. Um, yeah, great pick. I'm a little jealous of the pick I forgot. <laughs> John, do you want to give us your number, um, your number four, and then we can go to red? Yeah, my number four is, this is possibly the most fun I've had watching TV oh. this year. Like, it's not a drama or anything like that. But my number four is uh, Poker Face. Uh, have y'all seen this show? I sadly have not. But I know I need to. Because, again, it's a show that everyone is talking about, right? I don't even know what it's about, honestly. But I've seen it. It's like a mystery. Mm. Okay, so, the is... It, okay, y'all seen Miles Out or Glass Onion? Yeah. And it's Ryan Johnson, right? I, I might be saying his name wrong. I, don't know. I thought it was Ryan. Ryan Johnson. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I, know. I'm asking. The Star Wars guy. Yeah. Yeah. Episode, what? Eight. The Last Jedi. And, and so like, John it's made by the guy and say, like, it's produced in a few episodes are directed by Ryan Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, it involves a uh, a waitress that works in a casino, right? And this and is Natasha Leone. Natasha Leone, and she's on the run from a, uh, a mob boss. And mm -hmm. I'm not going through why, but every episode where she's like on the run, each town she stops in is like it's very like uh coincidental like mm -hmm. but it doesn't make any apologies for it but every episode somebody around her dies and she's gonna solve it and it's so like it, it's a little silly but it's fun like the way she goes about it the way it unpacks everything and um it's got a lot of cameos. Mm -hmm. I'm not a very big fan of episodic television. Oh. You know? and I'm, 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 what I mean is, like, uh, to be specific, like, um, like CSI or yeah. okay, where, where every episode procedurals. Is, yeah, that's the, yeah. Well, I mean, not really procedurals, but like every episode, it wipes. Everything play. It's like a new story every episode, you know. Mm -hmm. Instead of it being like a overarching one. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of episodic. This is the only show where that didn't bother me at all. Oh. And um, it's one of the few shows I've ever really got. So yeah, that's my number four poker face. I I looked forward to it every week. When it came on, and it's it's a great escapism. Uh, uh, number four. I know the posters and stuff all looked very dreamy with like the sunglasses and just seemed like 
I can buy that escapism vibe totally. Um, and you mentioned cameos. I'm looking at the list, like Adrian Brody, John Ratzenberger from Cheers, right? Like wow. some amazing people, like holy crap. I mean, anybody who's ever worked with Ryan Johnson, I mean, if you think, um, what's his name? Uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett, he's in it. Whoa. Uh, it's, it's packed. And there's, some, there's one episode, I'm only like, give, give away why, but it, it takes the formula that I like built in the first four or five episodes. I don't remember how many episodes it is. It's just so good, guys. Just I so need good. to watch it. But it's yeah. on Peacock. That's one I don't have. So I yeah. know. I mean, I understand. I get the struggle. I get it. <laughs> I have so many different streaming services, man. But if you wanted to watch it, just like, get a free trial if they offer that, you know. And, yeah. Just marathon it. At- marathon it and then get out. <laughs> you know, I want to I wanna blame you. So. <laughs> Do not listen, Peacock execs. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, NBC. <laughs> I think I think they'll survive. Um, and I think, are there any other big Peacock shows? Um, I don't like, know. That's the only one I've ever cared about. I know I watched one episode of Fresh Prince, or yeah. Bel Air. Bel Air is what it's called. Oh yeah, the the Fresh Prince one. I guess that was on on Peacock or is on Peacock. Yeah, huh. that's it. I- Yellowstone. That's Paramount, yeah. I thought. But maybe. Uh, sort of Peacock, sort of Paramount. That's the one I don't understand. Oh, Bupkis, that new Pete Davidson one. Oh, Bupkis. Yeah. Bupkis. I heard it's actually pretty decent. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I don't know if it's top five, but it's good. There's just so much really good TV. I think that's what I have a hard time with. And then I don't have enough time to watch all of the TV. It's just yeah um all right anthony do you want to give us your number we're still on number four right yeah yes shrinking on apple tv plus really really enjoyed that one made me think of my best friend brian hi brian we know you're uh, listening brian we, we know you're listening so hi brian um but it was it was fun to watch harrison ford be harrison ford but with a you know psychology degree because literally it's he there was not that much acting, and I don't mean it in a bad way. He was being himself, but um, crotchety old man. Yeah, um, I'm forgetting the lead characters. Jason Siegel. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Sudeikis, but he's um, what's it called? He's Ted Lasso. Another Apple yeah. thing. Yeah, another Apple thing. But Jason Siegel was was pretty solid in in um, shrinking. Uh, that show. I want to say the minimal amount about it because going into it, not knowing much was the best part. Like I saw the trailers, but then I just kind of forgot about him for a minute. And then, so when I, when I started that first episode and I was accelerating to what is happening, I'm like, well, this is, it's a hell of an opener. I mean, it starts with him crushing up pills and swimming with a couple hookers. So like, yeah, I know what I'm saying. It's a hell of a start for this show. Um, but if you've ever enjoyed anything by Bill Lawrence, namely his number one thing is Scrubs. If you watch Scrubs, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna really like this one because it's he's involved with it, which he's also been doing um, Ted Lasso and Acapulco for Apple TV. And interestingly, in- 
uh, Brett Goldstein from Apple, uh, from what do you call it? Ted Lasso is also one of the EPs and I think writers for Shrinking. Yes, dude's talented. He, he's been working on a lot. But as far as this one, um, what got me was who he managed to get to show up. If you watch Scrubs, there's a couple people. But the main one was, um, I think, Samantha Miller, who played Jordan, the wife of Dr. Cox. But she plays a very serious role in this show. And it, man, she kills it for her age. Um, they gave her a lot of the stuff to work with as being a side character to everything, you know, not just Jason Siegel's character, but the other therapist that she interacts with and the, uh, the young lady who plays Alice, the daughter for the main character. Uh, but if you manage to go in minimal spoilers, I really recommend it because that ending, I'm still thinking about it. And that's what I was thinking about when I was putting together my list was what was the one that really got me? And I still think about the finale. I am I'm writing my list is getting bigger as we talk of things to watch. I still need to watch it. Um yeah, that's one of them. That's what mom is. I've heard a lot of good things about it. And as always, since it's an Apple TV production, it has really good music. And and if you ever watch any Apple TV show, they always make a playlist for every TV show they make. Oh so really? You can just yeah, you can type in Apple TV and it shows up as an artist and you can pull up the soundtracks. And the music so shown in the show. Typically, oh, wow. they go in order of episode as well. You're not kidding. Like, I, I just looked mm -hmm. on Spotify and it's like, wow. And they'll pull you up for each TV show. I think uh, this, I don't, I like music and TV. There's such like a, a, like just this weird emotion. It's not a weird, like an emotional connection between the two. Like, I can't listen to certain songs without thinking of the TV show Bones which is like there were playlists back then. I guess it was live journal or something that the playlists were on because that was a very long time ago. Um, yeah, so there's definitely that connection. I can see why they make those playlists. Yeah, and one show that I still think about, but because of the music is The Blacklist. Yeah. Every episode had just one really good song. So I always had to sit there with uh, Shazam open when I would watch the TV show to make sure I'd catch it. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are our, our five and four. Somehow now we're at number three. Mm -hmm. um, John, do you want to start off with your number three and then we'll. Yeah. Let me see here. Okay. So I'm going to give a little bit of a foreshadowing. Okay. Um, everything is probably going to be HBO from here on. Ooh. You mean Max uh, now, since we can't call it HBO? Max, I'm sorry. <laughs> the the one to watch for HBO, I'm sorry. I'm very <laughs> sorry. Um, my number three from Max is Barry. Oh. Barry. Barry. Um, it stars Bill Hader. And uh, have y'all heard of this? Have y'all? Yeah. Are y'all are y'all a part of this crazy show? I know that the premise is that he's an actor slash hit, no, hitman turned actor. So and I watched like, one episode and then I never picked back up, but I heard it's really same, good. Yeah. So it involves, it involves a hitman who tries to deal with everything that he's been through by joining an acting class. Yeah. And uh, 
it's a really funny idea for a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the series started out like kind of comedic, right? Mm-hmm. With dark elements involved. And by the time we got to, I'm not sure what season that it ended on, what, four or five? Four, I believe. Four. Uh, yeah, that sounds it basically became like a psychological thriller, and it got there very, uh, it got there organically. I think it's one of the funniest satires about Hollywood. It's got great performances. I mean, they, they even had, I'm sorry for anyone who has not watched the show. We gave a spoiler but, warning. It's okay. Yeah. But Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. isn't it? In season four. Whoa. Yeah, he plays a big cameo, but it's really like a really funny cameo. Um, the ending is out of nowhere, but it's I... just very, it's just one of the best, like, for Hollywood set hours that I have come around in a while. You want to be disturbed and laugh at the same time? Um, Barry is exactly the show you go watch. From everything I've heard about Barry, and one of the reasons that, like, I think it would be, like, we should all watch it, and it's great to support is Bill Hader apparently treated his crew, treated the cat, like, was treated everyone with dignity and respect, and was, like, was not a stereotypical Hollywood jerk. Like, he he was, like, a good guy, and, like, super praised for it. He did, he did a tremendous job, and I think it was season four, he, he directed every episode. Yeah. So that's I mean, pretty incredible for a guy that started out at SNL. Did he, he and, didn't do, was he Weekend Update? No, that was. No, no. I no, don't Seth think Meyers so. did Weekend Update. But I mean, he did like a really funny. Oh, he did um, Stefan. He did Stephon. that. <laughs> yeah, Stefan. So, um. Yeah, I recommend it for anybody. I mean, just be aware that it gets pretty messed up when it gets to season four. But Towards the end. Great show. Yeah. I just, that's, my number, that's my number three. I was just trying to figure out and like place him where he had been on SNL because it's been a while since I've watched SNL. He was on the Jason Sudeikis, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Kirsten Wig. Kirsten yeah. Wig. He was in that group. I think the last time I watched it, it, it was like yeah. still the night at the Roxbury era. So that was quite some time ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was a long <laughs> That would have been late 90s. I know. I, yes. My God. Yes. I'm that kidding. Was... I kid. So it's no. okay. Well, I mean, I'm a part of that generation. So... All right. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm, Perfect. I'm um, all right. Uh, Red, what's your number three? Abbott Elementary. Yay! Of course, it was going to break my top five. It had to this year. I got to see Janine and Eddie finally kiss, Gregory kiss. So that was great. I at caught up Franklin to that Institute. show. I caught up. No, no. They kissed that. Oh, the, they, it was uh, before. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It was at the, I caught up to the show the week before that episode aired. I watched all of season one and then the episode of season two before that episode came out and i'm like is it gonna happen and i was mm-hmm. like this is the best week of my life i showed up at the perfect time yeah i've had to that's not the first time i've done that i did that for game of thrones and caught up for season seven 
that was pretty fun but it's, it's weird though because when you do that like for me then you start dreaming about the show and then like suddenly like there are no episodes to binge it's hmm. sad <laughs> but yeah Abbott Elementary absolute just love the show cannot wait for it to come back that's um, another reason I need to watch it because everybody's talking about it on here but me and they're think- short they're easy to digest you know there's like no awkward or even slightly less funny episodes they're all hilarious all of them made me lose it one way or another i think they're the only network tv show we've mentioned so far too right which is interesting um i like that we have a good mix of comedy in here too um mine is almost all comedy yeah (laughs) um so from my number three i liked queen charlotte um and that was on netflix it is i guess a bridgerton prequel um and it is like the love story between queen charlotte and king george and i didn't think i could ever feel sympathy for king george um just like you know like in general um and uh, they the actors knocked it out of the park the writing was incredible and it was just this really really beautiful love story um and like I had started you know kind of feeling down isn't the right word but like Bridgerton wasn't as interesting to me after season two and this like just totally reignited my my love of Bridgerton because before the show I had read all the books I had like I love historical romance so this was just this was a really good show nice yeah, I know you like your Bridgerton, so it's good to have a little supplementary <laughs> material. You know, it's always nice just to get a little extra something. Um, all right. And I think I think I'm up now for number two. Um, and this was hard for me, but I am going to say that Silo was my number two, and that was on Apple TV. Um, so we got our our love for Apple TV, and they should pay their writers because I have to say that. Um yep. So Apple TV's Silo and Hello Tomorrow, part of what I really liked about them is it made me excited for the Fallout TV show, which is coming um, from Amazon because Silo takes place, spoilers, like underground, um, like society basically lives in this giant silo. The outside is bad. Um, Like there's toxic air, there's bad things going out there. If you go outside, you die. Um, they make this big production of people who go outside and like right away die. You have to follow the rules of the society. And of course there's like mystery and suspense and it's just really cool. Um, and it's female led, which I really love because it's a really strong female character. And I'm forgetting the actress's name. I know she's named Rebecca, but my brain is blanking. Um, of course. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yep. Um, it's like post-apocalyptic. She's just incredible. So I'm glad you brought it up because that was going to be an honorable mention. Uh-huh. At some point, I just finished it last weekend. Ooh, it just and, ended too recently. Yeah, it's it's um I uh I enjoyed the world building. Mm-hmm. It was it's a good show. It's definitely a good show. They got an announcement really quick too that there was going to be a season two after you know after the season ended, which was nice because you. Yeah, it's a great show. Everybody involved in it, like Tim Robbins. Where's Tim Robbins been for like fifteen years? 
and he plays this like IT guy, right? And it's like totally different than the Mystic well, River. Then, yeah. And Robin's, I think he was like the. Uh, no, he was Bernard. Like the, he was Bernard. Um, yeah, the big guy. Yeah. The big guy. Oh yeah, it's a great show. So we are on number number two, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. Yes. I'll leave it up to you guys, John or, or Anthony. Who wants to? Who wants to chat about their number two? Uh, I mean, I, I think I went for it plus. So. All right, Anthony, it's up to you. Uh, okay. Uh, well, for me, it'd probably be Ted Lasso. It was the last season of the show. Um, for those who don't know the show, it's about an American football coach, uh, second division college, not even professional, moves to take over an English Premier League, which is the highest professional soccer that can be played in England and it's the top flight league on the world so it's it's a huge promotion and uh, Jason Sudeikis exudes this very warm southern drawl and very catchy euphemisms uh, Ted Lasso as the name of the show final season did a great job in wrapping up a lot there were some not so favorite parts about things that were handled but I think ultimately what those complaints were were uh self-fulfillment not being granted because let's be honest sometimes we want certain characters to end with other certain characters Roy and Keeley is what I'm talking about if no one's picking up and I'm putting down a lot of people were upset that they didn't end up together married and happy and blah 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 and well even in in tv shows um, sometimes you don't get the fairy tale ending yeah but which ultimately in the end in this show is more important it was the journey yeah um they wrapped up something they started in 2020 they didn't really think the show was going to be such a breakout hit and yet it exploded and became a topic of conversation and it's funny because uh i just got back from dc for fourth of july you know i went over there near you yeah i had a good time and on my first day out and about I had just hopped out of an Uber and I was like walking into a Target real quick to grab a Red Bull. There's a dude in a Roy Kent jersey, you know. <laughs> and and while I was traveling, I had one hoodie and it's my AFC Richmond hoodie that I, I bought from Nike to keep me warm while I was flying around, even though, you know, here it's 100 something degrees. But it's it's huge that the merch is making its way and people talk about and you hear people saying Roy Ken and all that so it's it's solid give it a, give it a watch for sure it was like the perfect pandemic show like that first season too right we all needed to be cheered up and I feel like we all wanted the optimism that Ted Lasso was putting down and maybe some of the biscuits even though apparently they were disgusting super dry yeah <laughs> i made them i'll admit it like i i I binged the first season and then that night i made like i found some recipe and the recipe i found was really good yeah i want to spin off with roy kent where he's coaching his niece's soccer team mm-hmm. oh for phoebe yeah i would like that yeah. i wouldn't be against it i would i would watch it and just yeah non-stop just non-stop mm-hmm. <laughs> well apple i think even talk, well maybe the actors rather talked about it because like after it ended there's been so much talk about a spinoff um so i feel like you know it's it's 
it, it's in the realm of possibility. I think Brendan Hunt, who um, who I'll always remember as the guy from Grimm instead of Coach Beard, like he's permanently enshrined as my in my head as the werewolf dude. Um, and Coach Beard is amazing. I love Coach Beard. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, he's like said that they're taking a break, but maybe. So there's a lot I was happy with the ending. I, I'll personally say I don't think it needs more. He even has a point where uh, the book being written, because in the third season, they have a journalist hop on and he wants to write about their season as it's going. Trent Krim. Trent Krim from The Independent. <laughs> Or formerly the independent, but uh, he gives Ted a manuscript and it, you know, it says the Ted Lasso way and Ted kind of scratches out and says the Richmond way. And he goes, it was never about me. It was always mm -hmm. about the team. And I think he addressed not only Trent in the book, but he addressed um, the audience as well with that statement. Yeah. Um, all right, John, I think you're number two where, we're ready for it. Okay. Like I said, this is about to become the HBO show. So, <laughs> Max, the Max show. Uh, so, my number two is The Last of Us. I saw that coming. Yep. Yep. It was inevitable. Um, <laughs> I do have a few issues with the show. I wish there were more. Like, I don't want it to be like, you know, The Walking Dead. Mm hmm but I do wish that there were more sequences with the uh, um, the monsters from the, from the game. Mm -hmm. Infected, right? I forget what they were called. Yeah. It had a name. Clickers, uh, clickers. yeah, that, that was yeah, one clickers. of them. Yeah, yeah. So I wish there was more of that. So like we got one really great survival scene involving that, and then it just completely jettisoned that situation. Um, I do think there was a little bit of an over-reliance over on cutscenes. Yeah. That said, all that said, um, I think it's one of the best video games that I think films ever made mm -hmm. in yeah. film or TV. I think for the episode involving Nick Offerman mm -hmm. alone, easily is one of the best episodes in TV probably in the last five years. Yep. It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful episode. It, it made me cry. Mm -hmm. Nick Offerman has never been better. Um, I won't go into all the details of what happened in the episode, but the evidence in the show for that episode alone, it needs to be watched. And Bella Ramsey, Pedro Pascal, they were great together in that series, great together. And uh, yeah, it was, despite my issues, I still think it's up there as one of the best uh, series this year so far. We'll see how that turns out when, the, when 2023 is over. Yeah, anyway, I, sure that's my there. I totally agree with you on that. And I think it's my number one. I'm sure we're going to talk about it again shortly too. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Nick, the fact that you highlight Nick Offerman too is interesting because he's not super well known for his dramatic chops, right? Like he's known for Parks and Rec, for the funny stuff, but this was like... But that's was... the only one. I mean, apart from that, a lot of his parallel jobs that he's done on the side have been quite serious, if anything. Oh. So there's another show that came out during the pandemic. Oh, Debs. I don't know if y'all heard of that. Debs. I've, it's about yeah. 
Is it about Silicon Valley or? Yeah, it's, uh, so it's the director of Annihilation and he also did Ex Machina. Okay. And he created the show. So Nick Offerman plays like a bad guy. Ooh. And that's another one that uh, you want to see him spread his wings. It's like, it's a very good show. So I'm looking at the like the the log line now, and it sounds super interesting. A computer engineer investigates the secretive development division in her company, which she believes is behind the disappearance of her boyfriend. And that's, okay, that's and that's not even what it's about. That's the crazy part about it. Like, oh. like that's the tease, but that's not even really what it's about. It goes way deeper than that. Going back to the Last of Us, it's. I would say just for episode two or one, is it two or three that they appear together? That third one in the Gopperman episode. Bill, Bill and Frank. Yeah, it's the third one because it's Bill and Frank. Yeah. For that alone, I think it's one of like the series of the year. That's my number two. I don't. I don't know if you ever saw the Magicians, um, like a I, couple years I've heard ago. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's done by Sarah Gamble, I think. I don't remember it was on Netflix or what I'd have to look it up. But that episode with Frank and Bill reminded me of an episode of The Magicians. Um, I think it was called like A Life in the Day, which is like one of my favorite episodes of television ever. And it just oh, like really? yeah, it made me cry and cry and cry. And it's just <laughs> like it like it had such a similar vibe and like, yeah. <laughs> mm. Um amazing. It just hits you right on the pills. Just yeah. Complete dagger to the pills. So I guess we're at number one, and I can kick that off because we're still talking about it. For me, it's The Last of Us. And what it gave me a lot of hope because I like, so I like video games and I really am obsessed with Fallout, which Anthony knows. Um, so what I re- I never played The Last of Us, but it gave me a lot of hope because what a good video game adaptation movie or, a, or television show rather can be. Because there have been some bad ones, some ones that maybe haven't quite hit the mark. I know there are a lot of fans of The Witcher that, you know, have mixed feelings about the the various iterations of it. And I just think that The Last of Us just was such good storytelling. And it just gave me, filled me with so much hope for this particular Fallout show that I am so excited about. <laughs> Eventually, here's something, you know me, just taking down the days. yeah. You mean you're not you're not like excited for you're not excited about twisted metal? <laughs> not twisted what? metal. No. What show? I have no idea what you're talking. No, I just still don't understand that thing. I remember I went to Facebook and I posted. I just don't understand why your promo would be two people fighting inside of a casino to the thong song of all things. It looks it looks terrible. Oh, is like, that seriously yeah. the promo? That, yeah, he's just fighting the clown yeah. in inside of a casino. It yeah, there's really no bad. there's no cars, there's nothing else. It's just that. Oh. And he makes him sing it while he's like about to fight him. I it's weird. I don't know why you would take that clip yeah. and say, hey, come watch our show. Yeah. Come watch it. It looks so bad. And this is a peacock show. Like they they yeah. have not given me the confidence that they can do big budget, like nope. cool no. attitude. Wow, well, no. that's sad. And no. it's been it's been neat. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, uh, Anthony Mackie. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He should, he, you know, he should do better. <laughs> so. The thing, Captain America got delayed for this. Uh, oh my gosh! And it has Samoa Joe. It's got like wrestlers, and I like I, I yeah. know a lot of wrestling. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. It could end up being good. But... 
it might be like camp like in a in a camp way it might be good but as far as like purists like i'm already seeing people not happy and i'm like i get it if that was your first introduction what the hell kind of (laughs) you know show off is that like i I don't know it's very odd um but i i did not even know that they were making a follow-up tv show so i'm pretty stoked to hear about that wait till you know who's involved with it it's one of the nolans Jonathan? yep oh oh, man oh yeah uh, oh yeah and and his wife lisa joy Mm -hmm. uh lisa joy yep just off they're like they finished their their net or I'm sorry, their Westworld dealy. They mm-hmm. signed an overall deal with Amazon, right? And then this yep. is their this is their thing. Yep. I'm excited. That's great to hear. Imagine how we feel, man. We're <laughs> Fallout fans and we played and we've been talking about it. And I just go on the Discord and just post like tumbleweeds for fun. It's just to ease the pain. I don't know. Because like I was highly banking on E3 to like give us something. And then, you know, E3 got canceled. Again. Yeah. yeah, Again. And there's nothing coming that's going to be like, yeah, this would be a good video game related time to show it. The Summer Game Fest already came. There was nothing there. Um, And now I'm thinking our best bet might be the video game awards later in the year. So something that makes me nervous about Fallout is so Amazon, again, they have an overall deal with with Nolan and and Lisa Joy. But so as part of that, there was a peripheral that came out, which um, which was this really interesting, cool science fiction show based off of um, I'm blanking on the the name of the novel, like a very famous science fiction novelist show um, book. And it wasn't a hit for Amazon. And based on that, like. I wonder if they've lost some of their, you know, um, like internal yeah. mojo with Amazon. To be fair, to be fair, they are not very good at marketing. Their- that's completely true. Yeah, Unless like- it's the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's the boys, they're not very good. Like, uh, there's a show I wanted to put on the list, but I haven't finished it. Uh, it's uh, I'm a Virgo. Oh, and that's and out now, right? It's yeah, new. yeah. I mean, I haven't finished it, but it's the first episode is like incredible. And this is Boots it, Riley. Yeah, but it wasn't marketed very well. Mm-hmm. Like at all, it just got swept under the rug. Like a lot of a lot of TV shows, Netflix does the same thing. They'll just put something out and not market it very well. Yeah, and they they struggle with that a lot. Red, do I have to ask what your number one is? What do you think? What do you think it is? The Last of Us. Nope. Oh, I was wrong. I have no idea. The bear. Well played. Well played. Oh. The bear. I did not see that coming. I uh, I remember watching the first season last summer and my jaw dropped. Just the little things that this show got right that I've never seen in a show that has anything to do with kitchen, you know waiting tables be damned it's that back end that Mm -hmm. that never gets nailed right and there's like three scenes in particular that just they got the essence they get it you know i waited tables for 10 years and cooked in between and did it all so like i've been in there Mm -hmm. and there's one scene where they're sitting after like a long rush and they're drinking through these big clear soup to go cups Every chef I know drinks only out of those. They never drink out of the regular <laughs> styrofoam or nothing. And then the second one, I apologize for the language, but it has to be said is fuck brunch. My God, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've heard that phrase in my lifetime. 
and and the attitude they they had towards it and the way they announced it each time spot on and then the last but definitely the most important of them all there's a the penultimate episode of the first season sydney makes a mistake and leaves the pre-order feature on for them they had just enabled like you know uber eats or whatever Mm -hmm. so as they go to turn on the system the machine just goes for like 10 minutes straight printing on oh yeah oh my gosh it's 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 like 14 minute take and it's the most stressful thing i've seen in my life i like I had to like call myself like I looked down and my, my knuckles had gone white because I was gripping the side of my chair because of how shit like how everything went the shit and it was just such a nightmare of it all. Uh, but that was okay. season one. Season two, like we were mentioning earlier, the episode that John mentioned was the flashback episode. And yes, that was a little bit over an hour long. And I didn't know that I paused it about 15 minutes in because I needed a breather because it was that intense. Wow. And I look and it says that I still had 50 five zero minutes to go and i'm like oh my god how am i gonna do this so i had to it took me three passes to finish it and, and that's the one laden with cameos jamie lee curtis and the other ones that i don't want to mention because it makes them more fun when you see them i just spoiled them but oh, i mean um bob odenkirk yep he, he, like if you've ever watched home alone you know that really shit uncle that kevin has he plays that uncle but in this show he's and, good. He's and he really was good. very good at it very good uh, but what got me was there was one little thing that happened with richie with uh i don't know even i don't know how to pronounce his full name like moss back even back moss or something he has a weird name Okay. He was in he was in uh Andor as well. And just uh, kind of funny seeing him bouncing around now. I don't know what you're talking about. But he's yeah. Richie in the show and he gets sent as a punishment to one of the finest restaurants in Chicago. And he spends a whole week just polishing silverware. And they're like, What's with that? And he just complains and he's doing a bad job. And so as he progresses, they let him shadow somebody who works on the floor. And they see or Richie gets to see like the fulfillment and why they do what they do at high levels. To fast forward and get to the point of what I'm trying to make is there's a scene where Richie walks by and overhears a woman talk about how she, having been in Chicago for a week, never got to try deep dish pizza. So then he runs out of the restaurant across town to go get a deep dish mm-hmm. pizza, brings it back to the chef, and he arranges it in a certain way to present it in front of the woman. And as they're going to plate, he goes, no. He runs up to the line and he grabs it because he wanted to be the one to deliver it to her. Yeah. So like he like it clicked. He finally got it. In the first episode, he's asking, you know, Carmi, like, what's my purpose? And like, you see it finally come to fruition there towards the end. There's the payoff. Yes. And then for the last episode of the season, he goes with that above and beyond. He remembers the conversation that was being held with Cicero being played by Oliver Platt, the guy who fronts everything, the money guy. Mm hmm. And Cicero goes on this long diatribe about how every time they would go out and back into the city, they would stop at this one stand that sold bananas that were dipped in chocolate. So when they do their soft open for friends and family to show that they've got their shit together, Richie sends over a nice little cigar box that gets flipped open. And inside of it, there is a banana covered in chocolate to show that, you know, they pay attention to little things. Oh, that's phenomenal. It was amazing. It was an amazing reveal. So the bear, hands down to me, the best show I saw this year so far. 
again, I cannot sum it up any better than he just did. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a brilliant throw. The end of it, it shakes you. Like, if, um, if you've ever worked in an environment that's stressful, it will trigger you, so be careful. It yeah, triggered me. There that's was a good times, warning. It really, no, there was a couple of times where I had to, like I said, I had to pause and walk away because I'm like, that reminds me of that one, you know, eight years ago. I don't want to think about that. And I had to walk away and reset and then resume. And I think, I think that brings us now to our very last ranking. And I think, John, you're number one. Okay. Oh. So my number one is succession. Oh, I am glad you mentioned that. It is succession. Um, it's very hard to put in the detail, like without going into spoilers. But I mean, I guess I can. You can totally. Since, We've warned everyone. Since we already put it on the front, um, it's like it's very hard to finish a series. Very difficult. I think that was proven by Game of Thrones. Uh, it's been been tested time and time again that ending something that everybody loves very difficult. Succession mm-hmm. ended on a phenomenal note. It, everything that plays out makes sense for the characters. The person who inherits everything, the way it gets there. You go over it and you go over it in your head and you your thought process is that tracks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense why they would give X person all of this messages, right? Um it's got uh season four, I don't know, what is it, four or five? Oh, that's a good I feel like this session? Yeah. Only four seasons, and, that was the last one. It felt long though. <laughs> so it's it's got one of the most shocking episodes of probably television history outside of the Game of Thrones episode mm-hmm. where uh, what's the name of the guy that gets his hair cut off? In and Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, um, Sean, uh, Sean Bean. Oh, Sean Bean, yes. Mm-hmm. It is an episode that, and I don't know if anybody, uh, I mean, I think we've all dealt with death Mm-hmm. Like each one of us, yeah. when somebody dies, there's no, like, a lot of times there's no buildup. Mm-hmm. You, you could be just like in a coffee shop or, I don't know, um, playing Tetris or something. And then you'll be informed that the person that you know all your life is gone. Yep. And everybody is trying to figure out how to deal with that on the spot. Mm-hmm. And there's an episode in this the show where there's nothing. It's the most accurate depiction of that scenario that I've ever watched. Yeah. That I've ever watched. Beyond that, it's got masterful writing, mm-hmm. uh, cinematography, the performances are just superb. Uh, it's like one of the greatest ensembles for a cast probably put together. I have. I just don't know if it's going to get better than Succession for me. It could. We got six more months, but this is easily my top favorite. So, yeah. That's a fitting Uh, end to, you know, all of our rankings. It's like coming out on on top because I was wondering if someone would mention that series. I've heard good things. I just haven't seen it. That's all. 
It's, I want uh, to. Now that it's all out, I could probably binge it soon. You have to have a tolerance, I think, for watching people that you don't like. Because, like, there's nobody in the show that is a good person. You know, yeah, that's, that's the best way to describe it. I like yeah. it's always sunny. <laughs> Everyone is bad. But serious. Yeah, somewhat kind of like that. But, I mean, it's, they all run, they all run in that work that is... Nobody's good yeah. I'm not gonna go into the details more, but it's pretty pretty terrible. So before we end, I have a question. You don't have to have an answer for it. I'm just curious. Do you guys have any honorable mentions that you struggled with, you know, whether or not they should be on your list or that you enjoyed but maybe weren't quite there all the way to be on your list? I've got a couple. Like The Last of Us, I really liked. Um it probably should have made the list. It just I always lean more comedy, so I mean, mm-hmm. pretty much all, all except the bear have comedy of what I pick. So, and the bear, what's funny is the bear is marketed as a comedy, and it's not at all. Like if you look in Hulu, that's the tag underneath it. But uh, that and American Born Chinese, I did a review of that. It was very fun to watch. Um, just something a little different. There was a couple of episodes that were. There was one in particular that was different. They did basically like a. 70s Chinese parody sort of thing oh. they they even did the opening similar to it so um kind of think like what WandaVision did with eras of television they oh, did that okay. with they did the same thing with one episode in the 70s um and it was cool because they brought in some famous Chinese actors like uh you know they Michelle Yeoh they brought in um Kei Hui Kwan I know I butchered that I apologize he just won the Oscar right yeah and Stephanie yeah yeah, and Stephanie who played their daughter in everything everywhere she was in the show as well but my favorite little surprise was Jimmy Yang if you've ever watched uh Silicon Valley he played Jin Yang oh yeah he was in the show and he played the Dragon King and he wore so much makeup I did not even recognize him and he was speaking Chinese or he's speaking uh, uh Mandarin so like I'm used to hearing him speak in English and tell his yeah. jokes and that. So I didn't recognize him, but that was easily my honorable mention. I have another one, but I technically can't do it because the show just came out and I've seen more episodes, but that's my adventures with Superman. There you uh, go, Vin. I know Vin <laughs> would, would be like, what the hell if I didn't say something about it, but, <laughs> but it's on max now. I think the first two episodes just came out uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, I got to see seven. It's pretty solid. I just can't wait to see what the rest of it will be. And that's what I've got. I also watched uh, Adventures of Superman last night. I hope, I really hope that whatever James Gunn does with DC next, that it's got a hard time spirit. Yeah, yeah it's, agreed. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, my honorable mention is well i mean you you already brought up it's silo mm-hmm. um i won't go over that much more but it's very good though it's got a lot of good world building and a lot of amazing like, like actors that you would not expect in the series um yeah it's a good show um so i've got I've got two and they're star trek star trek strange new worlds um and star trek picard I can't not mention them. Um, Picard was just kind of, both of them are love letters to Trek, but for Picard, it was very nice seeing the last um, 
Yeah, hopefully not the last hurrah, the next generation crew. And I really enjoyed the new, I won't spoil anything. Um, there were some very interesting changes that were really phenomenal and fantastic. So I think that's it. Um, so thank you all for listening. This has been the Cosmic Circle and we've been chatting television for the first half of 2023. Um, I'm Isla Ruby. Gentlemen, where can, you know, where can we find you? You can find me at Rodova underscore on Twitter. I'm still figuring out my threads. I'll let you know when I get that one set up. You can find me at John Movie Watch on Twitter. And um, I write for the Cosmic Circle and Monsters and Critics. I have a Mission Impossible review coming out tomorrow that I hope people will read. That's a pretty great movie. You can find me on Twitter at T-U-L-A-N Writes. And you can find all of us at thecosmiccircus.com. Thank you so much.